By a roaring tempest on the flood, a whole armada of convicted sail is scattered and disjoined from fellowship. Courage, comfort, all shall yet go well. What can go well when we have run so ill? Are we not beaten? Is not Angers lost? Arthur Tain prisoner? Diverse dear friends slain, and bloody England into England gone, or bearing interruption, spite of threat. What he hath won, that hath he fortified, so hot a speed, with such advice disposed, such tempered order and so fierce a cause, doth want example. Who hath read or heard of any kindred action like to this? Well, could I bear that England had this praise so we could find some pattern of our shame? Look who comes here. A grave unto a soul holding the eternal spirit against her will in the vile prison of afflicted breath. I prithee, lady, go away with me. Lo, now, now see the issue of your peace. Patience, good lady, comfort, gentle Constance. No, I defy all counsel, all redress, but that which ends all counsel, true redress. Death, death, oh, amiable, lovely death, thou odiferous stench, sound rottenness arise forth from the couch of lasting night, thou hate and terror to prosperity, and I will kiss thy detestable bones and put my eyeballs in thy vaulty brows, and wring these fingers with thy household worms, and stop this gap of breath with fulsome dust, and be a carrion monster like thyself. Come, grin on me, and I will think thou smilest, and buse thee with thy wife, misery's love, oh, come to me. Oh, fair affliction, peace. No, no, I will not. Having breath to cry, oh, that my tongue were in the thunder's mouth. Then with a passion would I shake the world and rouse from sleep that fell anatomy which cannot hear a lady's feeble voice, which scorns a modern invocation. Lady, you utter madness, not sorrow. Thou art not holy to belie me so. I am not mad. This hair I tear is mine. My name is Constance. I was Jeffrey's wife. Young Arthur is my son and he is lost. I am not mad. I would to God I were. For then tis like I should forget myself. Oh, if I could. What grief should I forget? Preach some philosophy to make me mad. And thou shalt be canonized, Cardinal. For being not mad, but sensible of grief, my reasonable part produces reason. How may I be delivered of those woes and teaches me to kill or hang myself if I were mad? I should forget my son or madly think a babe of clouts were he. I am not mad too well, too well I feel the different plague of each calamity. Bind up those tresses. 
Oh, what love I note in the fair multitude of those her hairs, where but by chance a silver drop hath fallen. Even to that drop ten thousand wiry friends do glue themselves in sociable grief, like true, inseparable, faithful loves, sticking together in calamity. To England, if you will. Bind up your hairs. Yes, that I will, and wherefore will I do? I tore them from their bounds and cried aloud, oh, that these hands could so redeem my son as they have given these heirs their liberty. But now I envy at their liberty and will again commit them to their bonds because my poor child is a prisoner. And Father Cardinal, I have heard you say that we shall see and know our friends in heaven. If that be true, I shall see my boy again. For since the birth of Cain, the first male child, to him that did but yesterday suspire, there was not such a gracious creature born. But now will a canker sorrow eat my bud and chase the native beauty from his cheeks and he will look as hollow as a ghost, as dim as a meager as an ague's fit and so he'll die and rising so again when I shall meet him in the court of heaven, I shall not know him. Therefore never, never must I behold my pretty Arthur more. You hold too heinous a respect of grief. He talks to me that never had a son. You are as fond of grief as of your child. Grief fills the room up of my absent child, lies in his bed, walks up and down with me, puts on his pretty looks, repeats his words, remembers me of all his gracious parts, stuffs out his vacant garments with his form then I have reason to be fond of grief. Fare you well. Had you such a loss as I, I could give better comfort than you do. I will not keep this form upon my head. When there is such disorder in my wit, oh Lord, my boy, my Arthur, my fair son, my life, my joy, my food, my all the world my widow comfort, and my sorrow's cure. I fear some outrage, and I'll follow her. There is nothing in this world can make me joy. Life is as tedious as a twice-told tale vexing the dull ear of a drowsy man. And bitter shame hath spoiled the sweet word's taste that it yields naught but shame and bitterness. Before the curing of a strong disease, even in the instant of repair and health, the fittest strongest. Evils that take leave on their departure most of all show evil. What have you lost by losing of this day? All days of glory, joy, and happiness. If you had won it, certainly you had. No, no. When fortune means to men most good, she looks upon them with a threatening eye. It is strange to think how much King John hath lost in this which he accounts so clearly won. Are you not grieved that Arthur is his prisoner? As heartily as he is glad he hath them, 
your mind is all as youthful as your blood. Now hear me speak with a prophetic spirit, for even the breath of what I mean to speak shall blow each dust, each straw, each little rub out of the path which shall directly lead thy foot to England's throne. And therefore, Mark, John hath seized Arthur, and it cannot be that whilst warm life plays in that infant's veins, the misplaced John should entertain an hour. One minute, nay, one quiet breath of rest. A scepter snatched with an unruly hand must be as boisterously maintained as gain. And he that stands upon a slippery place makes nights of no vile hold to stay him up. That John may stand, then Arthur needs must fall. So be it, for it cannot be but so. But what shall I gain by young Arthur's fall? You, in the right of Lady Blanche, your wife, may then make all the claim that Arthur did. And lose it, life and all, as Arthur did. <laughs> How green you are, and fresh in this old world. John lays you plots. The times conspire with you. For he that steeps his safety in true blood shall find but bloody safety and untrue. This act, so evilly born, shall cool the hearts of all his people and freeze up their zeal that none, so small advantage, shall step forth to check his reign. They will perish it. No natural exhalation in the sky, no scope of nature, no distempered day, no common wind, no customed event, but they will pluck away his natural cause and call them meteors prodigies and signs, abortive presages and tongues of heaven, plainly denouncing vengeance upon dawn. Maybe he will not touch young Arthur's life, but hold himself safe in his imprisonment. Oh, sir, when he shall hear of your approach, if that young Arthur be not gone already, even in the news he dies. And then the hearts of all his people shall revolt from him and kiss upon the lips of unacquainted change and pick strong matter of revolt and wrath out of the bloody fingers ends of dawn. Methinks I see this hurly all on foot. And oh, what better matter breeds for you than I have named? The bastard Falconbridge is now in England ransacking the church offending charity. But if a dozen French were there in arms, they would be as called to train ten thousand English to their side, whereas a little snow, tumbled about anon, becomes a mountain, O noble Dauphin. Go with me to the king. It is wonderful what may be wrought out of their discontent, now that their souls are top full of offense. For England go, I will wet on the king. Strong reasons make strange actions. Let us go. If you say I, the king will not say no.